17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. Washington outside left, Roethlisberger has time, throws to the back of the end zone and it is hard for a touchdown by Holmes. Minute remaining and they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 what is up, everybody? Welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Last. Join with my man, Swerving Irving Washington. We are live after a uh, holiday weekend. Had yesterday off. Uh, I was coming back from a wedding. Ben was out of town. Um, you know, it was just busy. So we're back. Regular schedule programming today. So we're going to cover uh, some of the NFL that we normally cover on on Sundays um, today, since we didn't do that yesterday. Um, but first, I do have to mention we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off. Your first purchase of $25 or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. But that being said, Irv, how are we doing tonight, brother? I'm good. Can't complain. Nice. <clears throat> that's good. That's a that's a good day right there. That's a good Monday. You know? Yeah, run a couple errands. Wasn't too busy today. You might just fuck around and get a triple double. You know what I mean? Yep. Nice, dude. Um, let's talk about this Monday night football game. Commanders at Eagles. Eagles closed minus 11, 11 laying 11 at home. Obviously, the Eagles come into the game 8-0. The Commanders, we know what they've been throughout the season, kind of up and down. They come off a 20-17 L to the uh, Minnesota Vikings last week. Um, but Washington comes in here and they win the game outright. 32 to 21. I know the last second, the last TD, you know, the score looks a lot worse than it really was. It was it was a little closer than that. Um, but the I think the one theme of the weekend and I wrote it down in my in my notes was that there's no such thing as an unbeatable team in the NFL. Yeah, you only have one undefeated you only got one undefeated team in the whole Wait, honey, well, how long the NFL been around? A hundred years now? A lot. A long time. Well, I mean, the NFL only been around since, like, what, 1960-something. That's the AFC-NFC merger, but or NFC-AFL merger. But the, the NFL's been a long, around a very long time, and yes, only the Miami Dolphins have finished a season undefeated. The Patriots did go 16-0 and in 2010, but... No, 2007. 2007, you're right, 2007. Um, but you know, like the Eagles were laying 11 and, uh, you know, someone texted me this morning and they said, they said, what's the play for tonight? And I said, man, 11 points is way too much in a primetime game. Yeah. Then I saw the stat that any team favored by more than 10 on Monday night football has a real bad record. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not pretty. I think people often forget they get so caught up in, well, this team's so much better. Yes, you're right. The Eagles are a better team than the Commanders. 
But the commanders are still professional football players. Yeah, you always got to factor that in. And when they don't turn the ball over, they're actually not that bad of a team, honestly. They just got to find a more consistent. I thought I think Robinson probably is close to 100%, but I don't think he's actually 100% because he don't have that same explosiveness that he had in the preseason, but he's trying to work his way through it. Yeah, but, uh, man, I touched on running hot. It was only, like, two yards, but, I mean, he, like, willed his way into the end yeah. zone, dude. I was like, holy shit, I thought he was – I thought for sure he was get, he was uh, going to be short, but he just pushed his way through. I think the one thing, though, uh, my one takeaway from this game was that, you know, my, my concerns about Jalen Hurts have always been – you know, can he play from behind? Can he play from the pocket and, and make throws when he has to make throws? And he, he made a hell of a throw to Quez Watkins. You know, I don't want to take that away from him. And Quez, you know, fumbles the football after. Yeah, I think that's what sealed their fate, right? Uh, Well, at that point, yeah. I mean, they, they still had chances. The next drive, they, go th- they uh, went three and out. And then Washington, then they got the penalty which basically sealed their fate when they got that personal foul against Taylor Heineke and they continued the final drive for Washington. Was it, was it actual personal foul or was it like a Tom Brady personal foul? No, it was because he, he gave himself up. He was going down to a knee and um, Brandon Graham just like came up and just blasted him, dude. Oh, okay, okay. It was like an obvious penalty. It was, I mean, in, in Graham's defense, like he was already like going for it. But I mean, like Heineke, like, there was no one around him when he gave himself up, you know what I mean? And when a quarterback gives himself up, like, you can't hit him, you know what I mean? This yeah. is, like, it's it's just how the game is now. <laughs> um, The crazy thing to me, though, is that Eagles fans at halftime are booing their team, an 8-0 team, because they're losing to the commies. I mean, what's your what was your takeaway from this game? Well, I didn't really watch too much of the, the second half. I really watched the first half. And it was even the first half was pretty back and forth. It didn't look like, um, well, at the beginning of the game, that strip sack, it looked, I was like, damn, it looked like the Eagles about to destroy them because I don't think the uh, the commanders O-line could hold up, but they bounced back from that strip sack that led to the early touchdown, and they played a pretty clean game. The only thing, with, like you said, Taylor Heineke has all the ability. He can make the throws. He just can't turn the ball over. That's his only Achilles heel is when he don't – when he's turning the ball over, he's – Shit, worse than Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz. But if he's not turning the ball over, he could be a solid QB. Yeah, he he turns the ball over way too much. Man, this Yale versus Hawaii game, it's almost halftime. It's only 17 to 14. <laughs> what what the fuck? What a barn burner. Uh, nah, yeah. Heineke, Heineke, like, he, he really, he's not a great, like, he doesn't have a great arm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, got a good, a good enough arm. He throws a lot of ducks. And because of the, and he throws like, I mean, his favorite football player is uh, Brett Favre. And like, he kind of has like a similar mentality where like he throws in a double coverage, triple coverage a lot. And it comes back to uh, bite him in the ass a lot of times, right? And you're right. When he doesn't turn the ball over, Washington's a much better team. I think on the flip side, the Eagles come into this game only turn the ball over three times all season, which is like unheard of, dude. So this was kind of like a regression to the mean, but I mean they like ultimate regression to the mean where they get three turnovers in this game. They only had three all year. And some of them were like 
like the Dallas Goddard fumble, like it should have been a face mask. I agree. Um, but he did fumble the ball. And then that Quez Watkins fumble. I mean, that was just, that's a fumble that you cannot have dude in the NFL. Like he gets, he has like a 50 yard catch gets up cause he doesn't get, Damn. he doesn't get touched down. And then the Washington DB just comes up from behind him and just fucking smacks the ball out of his hands, dude. Like that's just, a, it's a, you can't have those kind of turnovers, dude. You know, that's the kind of turnover that'll get your ass parked on the bench for a couple weeks. Yep, absolutely. Um, so I mean, what's your thoughts on on the Eagles going forward? Like, I wanted to ask you this question, right? Because I have a, I have a, you know, I do my, I have power ratings every week. That's how I like set my handicaps for, for most of them. And I've had the Bills as a favorite basically all year. So if I had the Bills and the Eagles on a neutral field, I'd have the Bills about minus one and a half, considering all, all things considered, right? I know the Bills have a ton of injuries right now. Uh, the Eagles don't really have any. But who do you think after week 10 right now, who do you think is the best team in the NFL? If they were on a uh, neutral uh, field, they'd be favored against anybody. I would have to go with the, there's either the it's either the Eagles or the Bills because at the end of the day, both teams are a top ten offense and a top ten defense, and I think the Eagles got a top. They both got top five defenses. So, yeah. the offense, of course, most people would take Kyle, um, Josh Allen over, well, healthy Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is playing pretty damn good football. He's in the MVP hunt. I think if you Put an MVP chart out right now. It's him, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, the thing with them is, though, man, they just got to not turn the ball over. They got to sustain drives. And, like, they usually start off slow, but tonight they actually started off fast. They scored in the first. And well, they, they were up 14-7. Yeah, they was up 14-7. to seven, So they just got to find a way to keep their foot on the gas and, you know, because a team like the Commanders, it's a division game, so you don't, you can't really put too much stock in them losing that game because, oh, you know, I mean, division gonna, rivals. It's only one loss, dude. Yeah, it's only one loss. Division rivals know each other better than any other team, and unless that team is just complete dog shit or they got a whole bunch of turnovers, you rarely see a division game more than ten, more than ten points to fourteen points as far as the, as far as the final score. So it just. I think this was just a Monday night. They got caught slipping a little bit by the commanders. The commanders rolled their wave, three turnovers. Of course, when you get three turnovers, that's going to help you win pretty much any game that you play in unless you just complete dog shit. But, yeah, so I think that going forward, the Eagles just got to play more consistent ball. And, well, who's um, your number one team in the NFL? If, if, if the Eagles and Bills played tomorrow or – I would have to <laughs> – because, man, I would have to go with the Eagles because I've seen the Bills blow too many leads, bro. They've blown, what, three or four 10-point leads? Yeah, it is um, it is a, it is concerning, but I still think that the Bills are the best team. Of course, they had a best day. Overall, they probably, well, I don't know, the Eagles probably had a better roster, but the Bills have Josh as, far as, the, as far as that, the key positions, pass rusher, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, uh, uh, if they secondary, they healthy, 
they got a better secondary than the Eagles. Not that the Eagles got a bad one, but you put Jadarius White and those two safeties. That's the thing is, like, they haven't been held, like, dude, on on, um, Sunday against the Vikings, they're missing Kyra Elam. They're missing fucking Tredavious White. They're missing Poyer. I mean, they're missing a fucking grip of guys, dude. And they took that's a miracle three out of, for them. That's to lose three that. out of their four starters in the secondary. So, and it it took a miracle for them to lose that game, dude. Yeah. So honestly, if personally, if I had to choose as far as who's playing better right now, I would have to say the Eagles are the best team in the league, and I got the Bills a close second, and Kansas City is on their heels too. So that would probably be my top three teams. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that those are the top three teams. Um, I would honestly have the Bills and Chiefs as a favorite over the Eagles on a neutral field. Also, I think a healthy San Francisco 49ers team beats the Eagles on a neutral field. Yeah, as long as Jimmy G don't turn the ball over. I can understand that because... That defense is legit. Yeah, that defense and is legit. They're only getting healthy right now. Yeah, that's a that's a Super Bowl defense. So Yep. And they have like elite skill players around Jimmy G. So it's like he just has to get the ball to them and they'll be okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he really just has to manage the game and they'll be fine. Yeah, as long as he doesn't try to do too much, they can pretty much win any game they play. Yeah, I like the Niners as a healthy team and I fucking hate seeing that dude because I fucking hate the Niners, but Yeah, but Pufonga, Drake Jackson, I think what's the name? Is Buckner coming back? No, not Buckner. I think Armstead is coming back next week. Yeah. The the really only only weakness is cornerbacks. They lost Ward because for the they year. Lost two, they lost two or three already this year. So yeah, so that, that's their one weakness. But the thing is, is like they rush the passer so well that like they can afford to have weak secondaries because you, know, you got Nick Bosa and then all those other fucking guys on that. Drake uh, Kinlaw is playing really well. Fred Warner, incredible defense, man. Um, nice. Let's talk about some. Some things that happened on Sunday. So the Raiders, you know, we saw this line when we when we were talking about this game on on Tuesday night's show. It was at uh, the Raiders were a six point favorite. It closed at four and a half. So we saw money come in on Indianapolis, and it really started coming in when when Matt Ryan was named the starter. Um, so we we saw the line kind of kind of move a little bit. The total was forty one and a half. Indianapolis goes into Las Vegas and they win the game outright with Jeff Saturday, a guy that literally was working at ESPN a week ago and has only coached one time in his life. And he had, he coached high school. He was three and seven. Um, you know, I have a, I know we both kind of agree on, on the Jeff Saturday high hire that it's, you know, it's kind of disrespectful to NF, the NFL and like the people that, you know, grind their way as coaches to, to get that kind of job. And he was just handed to handed it to him. Yeah. But at the same time, we got to, Got to kind of give him credit, dude. <laughs> like, he went in there and won his first game. Yeah, um, he didn't look bad. He Should he look better than uh, Paul Hackett? Paul can't hack it, for, for if you want to be honest. Like, they didn't have no delay of games. It was a clean game. Um, and the offensive line looked better. That was probably the best they performed I told all year. That was, yeah, I, I said the one thing he will know how to do, and I know from day one it was going to get better, was the offensive line. So I wasn't really surprised that that dude's a borderline Hall of Famer. So, um, but yeah, man, it's just I 
want to say I feel bad for the Raiders, but shit, I don't. Like, Josh McDaniels is fucking trash, bro. And I try to tell everybody, like, I understand he's a good offensive coordinator, but yeah. some people are made to be what they are, and he's a good offensive coordinator. He's not a good head coach. The ref, well, even when he was in Denver, we started off 6-0, and and he just didn't win the game after that. So that was one red flag. And then on top of that, he literally got hired by the Indianapolis Colts. Press conference set up next day. He ghosted him. Then he calls the GM because they was calling him. Then he calls the GM back and told him, oh, no, I changed my mind. I'm going back to New England. Yeah. Uh I mean, to be honest, like, he, I mean, Indy might have dodged a bullet with that one. Yeah, they did, because if they didn't hire him, did they, I think, who did they hire? Frank Reich, or did they hire? Yeah, Frank Reich, and I think Frank Reich's a hell of a coach, dude. I, yeah, he got, a, he got a short end of the stick, you know. Well, I think he, I, I kind of, I, I think he kind of might have lost that locker room with the Wentz thing, dude. Because he was the guy that like wanted Wentz, and they bring in Carson Wentz, and I mean, let's be honest, dude, Wentz cost them the playoff trip in that Jaguars game. He was yeah, awful, he was terrible, yeah. You know what I mean? And and so I think that he kind of lost a locker room after that. You know what I mean? And um, you know, then he brings in Matt. They br- they bring in Matt Ryan, and then he kind of like, you know, is like, all right, we're going with Sam Ellerman. And then Matt Ryan looked like the Matt Ryan we expected last week. I mean, he's looked like it a couple times this year, but he looked a lot better on Sunday. Shit, he had a damn near 50-yard run. <laughs> I know. That was crazy, dude. I didn't even know he could run like that. <laughs> but I, I do think he kind of lost the locker room there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, it kind of – I think it was needed that they needed a different voice in there. It's kind of like – I still don't get the Jeff Saturday thing, but it worked. And as far as Josh McDaniels is concerned, like there's no way he's going to get fired because he yeah. was hired with Ziegler. Like they were a pairing mm-hmm. together, similar to uh, to um, the Niners with uh, Lynch and uh, yeah, Little Shanahan. Shanahan. So mm-hmm. there's an, and and to be honest, like I, I you know I've we've talked about this before, Irv, like. The Raiders were fooled by that playoff run last year. Like they thought they were a couple pieces away from being a contender, with and they weren't. You know, I didn't think they were going to be this bad. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think they was going to be this bad. Honestly, I thought they would win between seven and nine games. But it's nasty, but, dude. But shit, you know, they're going to parlay this into a top three pick. But knowing them, they're going to fuck it up and draft somebody. We ain't, They might pull another Cleveland Farrell. But no, nah, they got Ziegler now. I, I think Ziegler's uh, got a better eye for talent. And to be honest, like, they cleared out a lot of first-round picks that that Gruden and uh, Mayock made, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they they there's only one first round pick left from their their first round picks, and that's Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Now, if Ruggs didn't do the dumb shit he did, I'm pretty sure he would still be on the roster. Yeah. But um, Arnett Leatherwood, well, Cleveland Farrell's still on the roster, but he's done after this year. I know they they cut him. They already cut Abrams, so. It yeah. all depends on... Farrell should have been cut a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I'm surprised he's still in the league as bad as he is. But, um, are they going to move on from Carr? Maybe, maybe not. They will have a top three pick in a quarterback-heavy draft. 
And, you know, that can automatically speed up a rebuild if you got a, a rookie quarterback that actually is that's actually good on a rookie deal. I mean, you could throw a lot of money to other places. You're going to have to cut folks when it's time to pay the quarterback. But that can maximize your Super Bowl window. But knowing them, we'll see how it works out, man. Um, uh, as long as Josh McDaniels a coach, I don't think they win shit, honestly, because dude's just not a good head coach. I'm sorry. I, I got to see how they construct the roster because – this is definitely not the roster that like they intend to have when like like they are contending quote unquote you know what i mean yeah they got to definitely build up that o line now they basically need everything besides a left guard and a left tackle and they also need a secondary they need yeah. another wide receiver i mean this Probably a linebacker yeah this they team definitely needs another pass rusher because they need to cut Chandler Jones ass so yeah, he's probably gonna get cut after this year. To be honest, yeah. he's been he's been yeah. awful, dude. Man, and we tried to warn you folks that he wasn't the same Chandler Jones, but nope. they didn't want to hear it at all. Yeah. They did not want to hear it. All right, let's uh, let's move over to the Packers. So the Packers uh, they played the Cowboys. Cowboys closed this game minus four and a half, uh, laying the four and a half on the road in Green Bay. And Aaron Rodgers gets it done, Irving. Down 14 points, comes back, wins the game. Three touchdowns to Christian Watson. Are the Packers alive? Nah, I wouldn't say they're alive just yet, but they show some signs of life. I'll give them that because they, uh, they was in a coma, damn near a cardiac arrest. But <laughs> they, um, they show some life for sure. Christian Rockets, this, this could be the light coming on in him. Going from here, from, you know, living up to his billing of being, you know, he's a damn good talent dude. He's 6'4", 200 and some pounds, runs a four three five. So maybe this give him the confidence, boost that he needs, and he keeps riding this into having a good year. So because it started off shaky, him dropping passes, always getting hurt, can't stay on the field. Yep. But he had a damn good game. But honestly, I think you got but that that loss is on Dak Prescott. Yeah, that was a well. Even the defense, I mean, like. Yeah, defense was doing the best they could, but you got at the end of the day, we was all waiting for Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers, and when he's on his game, the dude's a two-time defending NFL MVP. Like we know what he brings to the table. So, and then he did expose Dallas' only weakness, and that's their secondary. And I, uh, was Diggs out yesterday? No, Diggs played yesterday. Um, but they were able to run the ball. I think that's what really was. That's what really changed everything. Aaron Jones, twenty-four rushes for one hundred thirty-eight yards. AJ Dillon, thirteen rushes for sixty-five yards. I mean, they so ran they, for. They, so they actually committed to the run game and stuck with it. Yep, Damn. and that that was really the difference. I mean, Aaron Rodgers only threw the ball twenty times for two hundred twenty-four yards, three touchdowns. But it was really that commitment to sustain with the run and and running the ball down Dallas's throw. And that's that's been Dallas's weakness. We know that. Like they're good at rushing the passer, but what's the one what's the one kryptonite to a good pass rush? You run the ball. You keep them honest, right? And they were able to do that. Even down fourteen points, they still kept running the ball. And I think that's what, you know, I think that's what Green Bay, like, that's what they've gotten away from. That's what they have to do. Yeah, because they got two good running backs. Yep. And uh, you know, I I don't know if Green Bay is like alive in the sense that like they can make the playoffs, but I mean, at the same time, they're they're four they're and six. Gonna a, yeah, they're gonna be a tough out heading going forward. Now, if they can string together some wins, we know the NFC is terrible this year. So, eight, nine, 
10 wins can definitely get you in the playoffs this year in the NFC. Yeah, who do they have coming up? I think they play the Bears next week. Uh, I mean, no, they play Tennessee next week. They could win that game. Yeah, except Tennessee for some reason, dude. Mike Vrabel might be the best coach in fucking the NFL, to be honest. Yeah, because they was out five starters on defense. And they still and even won. though the Broncos lost two linemen during the game, they played a damn good game. Like, I honestly thought that game was going to come down to a field goal, but – we just too banged up on the O-line, bro. We can't block no motherfucking body. Like, our <laughs> defense is playing their ass off, only giving up between 17, most of the time less than that. It's just the offense cannot make enough plays to make us competitive at all right now. In the offseason, we got to build up our O-line. We got to we gotta do something, bro. Yeah. but and even And it's not even – and honestly, Russ isn't playing like Russ, but – He's not playing bad. It's just that last drive, he had literally the last two plays, he had no time to throw the ball. So I'm like, bro, we're not winning this game because we got to score a touchdown. Yeah, no, they got to – the Broncos definitely got to figure something out. But, man, Mike Vrabel, I mean, this is a Tennessee team that I don't think anybody thought was going to be 6-3 and three at this junction of the season. You know what I mean? And, like, I here know, they especially are. Especially after they lost to the Giants. yeah. <laughs> And Mike Vrabel, like, he just, I don't know, dude. He's just a hell of a fucking coach, dude. Like, he gets, you know, he he was the guy that said he would cut off his left nut, right, if they lost a playoff game or something? Yeah, I think he, he Or if said they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, he said something along those lines. He's crazy, bro. Oh, uh, that's my That's a football guy right there, dude. So they play Tennessee, Philadelphia, Chicago, the Rams, Miami, and Minnesota. So they're next. And at Detroit. Two, I mean, Detroit. Three, four, at Philly, five. at Chicago, Rams, at Miami, Minnesota, Detroit. Yeah, these next six games is going to, well, seven games is going to determine whether they make the playoffs or not. They'll beat Minnesota January 1st. Minnesota's so fraudulent, dude. That's not – I wouldn't say that that's not out of the realm of possibility. It definitely can happen. Minnesota, I'm telling you right now, they're going to they're gonna get – they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs, dude. I don't care who they play, dude. They are so fraudulent, Irving. Like, it literally took a miracle for them to beat the Bears – I mean, the Bills. Yeah, that, 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 that Justin Jefferson catch. Yeah, that was a hell of a catch, but, I mean, where are the odds of that happening? Yeah, like, dude went up with one hand and took the ball away from a defender that had two ball, two hands on the ball. So, like you said. That's fucking crazy, dude. That's damn near like the miracle of many of the miracle in, uh, with Stephon Diggs. But they've had, like, so many of those kind of games all year. Like, dude, they 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 barely beat the fucking Commanders. They, they beat the... Miami Dolphins with a third string quarterback and Miami outgained them by two hundred yards and they averaged over six point six yards per play. Yeah, I watched that game. It was, and they Teddy beat them somehow. Throwing those damn interceptions as well made them lose that game. But you know, they have been honestly, they have been but don't break type of defense. Like they live and die with turnovers. Because they had two big ones. One ended the game, and the other one damn near ended the game. Patrick Peterson. So Bills healthy wiped the floor with Minnesota. Oh, yeah. If the Bills was healthy, I don't think that would have been. That game would have been that close, honestly. It's just the Vikings, you got, you, you know, like you said, it's a fraudulent 8-1, and one, but you do got to give them some credit. They are 8-1. and one. 
But like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if this team went to the Super Bowl or I wouldn't be surprised if this team lost in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, they're going to lose the first round of the playoffs because they got to play in primetime in the playoffs, sir. Yeah, we all know what primetime Kirk Cousins does. So It's not pretty, ever, dude. Can he ever get that monkey off his back? I don't know. We'll see. We will definitely be seeing. Um, all right, any other nuggets you got for NFL? Uh... Look out for the damn Bucks, bro. They might single time Brady hey, is a different animal. Hey, we called that shit. We called that shit. We did because the Seahawks aren't a bad boy. They're not a bad team, and Geno Smith is playing like a top ten QB. But they just can't stop the run, and we knew that the Bucks couldn't run the fucking ball. But they ran the ball against the Seahawks, and Tom Brady looked it like Tom Brady. They did almost choke it away in the end. But they held it together and got the W. Yeah, bro. Now, I woke up like so said, hungover and watched that yeah. second half, dude. <laughs> the those type of with the type of wins that they gilding, it builds a lot of momentum. It makes players start believing in the system again and they're getting healthy. I don't know, man. The Bucks might be a team to look out for. They could hey, definitely make a run. You know, dude. Tom Brady. You know can, Tom Brady, you know Irving. Two and oh since the divorce. Let's go. Y'all. Single Tom is a different animal, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Now nah, the Bucks, I'm I'm with you, dude. Like I thought that that win over the Rams, like that 55 yard drive, like I said on the show last week, I was like, I don't know, dude. I just feel like something just changed. You know, something just flipped. And that you know is similar to how they were a couple of years ago when they were like kind of dog shit and they ended up winning the Super Bowl because they went on this run and they all just happened after one game and they just kept rolling, dude. They, everything kept clicking. And I feel like the same thing kind of happened here. Yeah. Well, their next big test. I don't think they're as good as that team, though. Yeah, they're not as good as that Super Bowl team because they don't have Shaq Barrett, they don't have Jason Pierre-Paul, and they really miss Adamic and Sue, too. So And they're hella banged up on top yeah. of that. But I do think that that's still a good team, dude. That's yeah, a team we thought was yeah. gonna like run away with that division. Now they now because they got a bye week coming up, but then they play Cleveland, and is that's week twelve? Is Watson gonna be back? Uh, yes, he will be back for for that game. That will be his first game back. And they're at <sighs> Cleveland too, so that'll be a big test. But then they go. Because they go Cleveland, New Orleans, they should beat the shit out of New Orleans unless New Orleans starts Winston. Andy Dalton is cooked. They got to get his ass up out of there. Um, then but, they go San Francisco, Cincinnati, Arizona. Yeah, they they going to probably end the season on – they could end the season on a four-game winning streak if they could beat Cincinnati. But Irv, at the same time, too, you know – damn, I lost my train of thought on what I was going to say. Um. Oh, I was talking about Cleveland. Cleveland can't stop anybody, dude. Their defense is yeah, so fucking yeah, trash. Yeah, their defense is horrible. But getting Watson back, you know, that's gonna uh, that's gonna elevate that offense. So that'll probably get a defense some type of leg up. But he's, do they are they still banged up though? I know they are they getting healthy on defense. Who the uh, Browns? Because I know they, they had a lot of injuries on defense. Bro, they've been healthy all year. They just can't. They just suck, bro. Their defensive coordinator fucking is trash, dude. Damn. And for some reason, their offense, uh, I know they don't have Deshaun Watson, but their offense is, like, hella good in the first quarter, and then they're just, like, trash the rest of the game. 
<laughs> every game, dude. Oh god, the Browns, man, the Browns. Also, well, no, but Jim, didn't Jimmy didn't Ward miss like three or four games? The cornerback? Nah, I don't think so. He might have missed like one. Oh okay. Because I know I'll be looking at the injury report and I see him. It was always said out. Delpit's trash. Fucking that whole defense sucks, dude. Except for your boy. Miles Garrett's the only dude on that defense that's legit. Yeah. Wait, damn, he did play against Miami. And they got fucking torched. Torched, dude. They could not. Yeah, but that was his first game back since October 9th, though. So he probably, he missed like a month. Uh, so he okay, was okay, were right. Hopefully that helps him out. Nah. <clears throat> Everybody's beating the Browns, man. All right, let's move over to some college college football real quick. Before we get out of here, um, so this weekend we had like uh we had a lot of crazy shit happen. We we the college football playoff committee on Tuesday will will come out with their top four rankings. Um, I'm assuming that their top four is going to be Georgia, um, Ohio State, Ohio Michigan, State, Michigan, TCU. and uh, TCU. TCU. Number five will be USC. It should be. No, it will be. I hope so. Because they're going to set it up. If it you might be Tennessee. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. But I think the committee is going to set it up so that if USC wins out, they will be in the college yeah, football playoff. Yeah, because if they win out and TCU loses. Well, even, even if Oregon – I mean, Tennessee – Unless Georgia's, I mean, even if Georgia loses their last conference game and they're still the, the con, they'll still represent the SEC East because they beat yeah, Tennessee. They beat Tennessee. So I'm looking at it from this point of view: USC wins out, beat UCLA, beat Notre Dame, beat whoever they playing in that Pac-12 championship, which is going to be the winner out of the Utah and the Oregon game, because. The only way they don't make the Pac-12 championship is if they lose to UCLA on Saturday. So, and I don't think we lose to UCLA. No, they can still make. They can still make the Pac-12 championship if they lose to UCLA because Utah has lost to. uh, They lost to UCLA and they lost to Oregon. They have two Pac-12 losses. Oregon has only lost to, um, Washington in the Pac-12, and then UCLA lost to Arizona. Oh shit! And Oregon. And Oregon. So they have two losses. So, but if UCLA if UCLA beats USC, they will be in over USC though. Yeah, because remember UCLA USC lost to Utah. Yeah, um, second loss. Yeah, so USC has to beat. I mean, yeah. uh, USC has to beat UCLA on Saturday. So we control our destiny, honestly. The only way we don't get in the playoffs if TCU goes undefeated and wins the Big Twelve championship. Now, if TCU loses, either they not. I don't think they're gonna lose the. Oh, there's no way they get Michigan and Ohio State in. No, yeah, that's true too. So if TCU wins out, they'll probably be in. And if you if USC wins out, I think we get in too because we'll probably have to be the four seed and play Georgia. The only way uh, two Big Ten teams get in. Is like we talked about last week. It would have to be like a last second field goal. Ohio mm-hmm. State wins the game. If Michigan wins the game, Ohio State has no chance of getting in because they're at home. Yeah, they're at home. So it doesn't even matter. 
But if Michigan loses on like a last second field goal or two point conversion, like USC lost on the road at Utah, makes that loss not seem it doesn't seem as bad, right? Yeah. So th- then maybe they squeak two teams in, but TCU TCU still has to run the table. Yeah, they have to. There's no way they're getting in with one loss because we all know that they're not. They had they had a gr- one of the greatest runs of luck we've ever seen in college dude. football. But I mean that was a big win on Saturday against Texas, dude. Yeah, they was at the Queen Yours was horrible, but they were on the road and they were a seven point dog and they found a way to win the game outright. So yep. I'll give we, them their credit. We we said it too. We we said it. That game all depends on what Quinn Ewers you get, dude. And that's the thing with Texas this year, dude. He's like you don't know what Quinn Ewers is gonna show up. From week in and week out. It's either you get a really fucking good version of him, like the game against uh, when they played uh, Oklahoma State and Mm -hmm. Alabama. Or Oklahoma, Alabama. Or you get the fucking Quinn Ewers that played fucking Iowa State and TCU last week, dude. You just don't know. You just don't know, dude. And that's that's a problem with with, uh, teams like that. I do think, however, like, the loss, uh, Oregon losing at home to Washington, huge loss. I mean, Oregon yeah. has not lost in like 36 games against Pac-12 opponents or something like that. Some ridiculous fucking number. I don't even know off the top of my head. Yeah, it's been a long fucking time. 28 home game winning streak and then whatever winning streak they had going on in the Pac-12. The last time they lost at home was in 2018 to a Pac-12 team. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really, really long time. and Yeah, but that just goes to show that... All those wins that they pulled off was against sorry ass teams. Ah, because they beat UCLA. They beat. I mean, they beat well, good UCLA teams. UCLA isn't sorry, but yeah. Other than that, they beat up on some teams that that wasn't that good at all. And I, all their games been at home too. You know, your your boy called it on the show last week. I said, you know, Oregon's deficiency is stopping the pass, and that's all Washington yeah. does. And you know, Michael and Penix was out there fucking dicing them up, dude. Yeah, he picked their ass apart. And that's that's a problem now. You know, we're going to talk about... And even when Oregon... And even when Washington ran the ball, they ran the ball pretty well, too. Yeah. Because Oregon was, like, so fucking worried about them throwing (laughs) the ball, dude. That's why. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of USC, UCLA on on Wednesday, obviously, for our college football preview show for Week 12. Um, Probably one of the biggest games of the week. Um, So I don't want to, like, give too much away... Yeah, prime time, 5 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very big game, man. I'm very much looking forward to it. You know, I texted you on Friday night when I was watching the USC-Colorado game, and I was like, man, UCLA's going to fucking kill us, dog. And then USC kind of turned it on in the second half and uh, took care of business against Colorado. Yeah, y'all be too worried about the first and second quarter, bro. I've been telling y'all all year, USC is a second-half team. But we haven't been a second-half team all year. It's been yeah, Jekyll and Hyde all year. Of, outside of the referees fucking us against Utah. We were trash in the second half against Cal. That was the defense, not the offense. But as you can see, the defense is getting healthier. And well, dude, we played Colorado, dude. Colorado's like one of the worst. They're literally bottom three FBS teams. I get it, but at the end of the day, they're still a, they're still a FBS team. They put up. We covered the spread. They beat up. They they they've been scoring a lot of points against some teams like that. You wouldn't think they would be scoring that many points against. So, I just think when USC is healthy, we're not a good defense. We're a bend but don't break defense, but we're a good red zone defense, and that's what 
really also, games. Um, we'll talk more about this on Wednesday, but you know, I kind of feel like it's a blessing in disguise that Travis Dye got hurt, and like you know, my condolences are out to Travis Dye. Like that was a terrible fucking injury, dude. And seeing him, you know, he's a senior, and going out like that fucking sucks. But you know, really, Brown finally got an opportunity. That kid is fucking special, Irving. Yeah, he just got to learn to get north and south. And the pass blocking is getting better. But Austin Jones, Barlow, and Rayleigh, Rayleigh Brown can bring it home. We're going to miss Die, but those three, running back by committee, can definitely get the job done. Raleigh, and our, Raleigh and our Brown is special, cores. though. Yeah, and our receiving core is healthy. So Ain't only getting better because Michael Jackson is legit. Yeah, Michael Jackson is a dog. He's legit. He will be wide receiver number one next year for us. For nah, sure. don't speak too soon. Nah, he will, dude. He's he, dude. That kid's a he's a he, he's special, bro. He's nice, but they they got a freshman coming in that might be. Who the kid from Vegas? He could wear number five. The kid from Vegas. Yeah, but Michael, dude. We're gonna have two Vegas kids at wide receiver, Michael Jackson and uh what's his name? Uh Zachariah Branch. Yeah, Branch. His brother's already on the team, right? Yeah, his brother's a safety, whereas number eight, his name is Zion. Yeah. They red shirt him because he had a knee injury and Lincoln Riley don't want to rush him back, but don't be surprised if he's starting next year in the secondary as a safety. Um well what a big prediction, dude. Our secondary sucks, dude. <laughs> so nah, I wouldn't say it sucks. It's just for some reason. Our corners aren't bad. It's just poorly coached. It's just a lot of those big plays is it's communication, bro. It'd be blown coverage. So so I was I was at this wedding obviously on this weekend. A lot of USC alumni there, a lot of USC people, and a lot of the talk on Friday night, you know, as we were we were all watching the game was Dante Williams. Mm-hmm. Because yes, he recruits very well. But yeah, his his coaching has isn't don't look like it's up to par. Nah, like because these DBs they never turn their fucking heads around, dude. Yeah, that's that that's the sign of a good or a bad coach. So, and that's where a lot of our passive favorites come from because they be having good coverage, they just don't turn their head around, and that's gonna get called nine times out of ten. Yeah, and I was like, like we were having this conversation, like you know, would you even consider? Like cutting ties with Dante Williams, given how good he is at recruiting, well, a lot of the guys like were him, like, "No, I wouldn't." Yeah, you don't cut. I wouldn't say cut ties with him. Just make him recruit the coordinator and take his ass off the field. Yeah, and hire another DB coach or move him somewhere else. Yeah, and I agree. That was a that was an interesting topic conversation on Friday night. Yeah, because Grinch's defense isn't bad. It's just he has he needs a lot more depth. Yeah. And we need Gentry back. Yeah, we definitely need Gentry back. Gentry, having Gentry changes this whole defense. He's probably going to be a future first-round pick. Hopefully he's back this week. I think he was. Um, I didn't really tell too many people, but I went to the game, and him and Mario Williams warmed up the whole game. I mean, the whole pregame wasn't limping, didn't look bad, went through all the workout and everything. Looked like they could have played, but I think Lincoln is saving those two for Saturday. Nice. Let's get it. Uh, so definitely make sure to tune in 
So on Wednesday, we'll be talking college football. USC, UCLA will definitely be a big topic of conversation because it is probably the biggest game of the week. Um, huge implications for Pac-12 uh, championship and for college football playoff, to be honest. Um, college football playoff committee will come out with their top four teams tomorrow. So Irvin and I on Wednesday will be picking that shit apart and uh, telling y'all how dog shit that committee is probably. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for tapping in with us. Um, we're, we'll be back tomorrow night with uh, Big Ball and Ben Larson. We'll be breaking down NFL Week 11. We are there. Week 11 NFL picks and preview against a spread show. So tap in with us. For Swerving Irving Washington, I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Last. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device and use promo code TAPROOM for $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Let's go. Y'all have a blessed Tuesday. Peace. Let's get it.